Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 46 Distractions Katie sat down on the cave floor, staring at the wall in front of her. The figures seemed a jumbled mess. She didn't have the inclination or patience to figure out. She felt the presence of another person in the cave. How did you find me? Candy stepped closer. I have an inner radar. I know where you are at all times. I guess it's because we used to be bonded. Katie nodded. That is the theory. I just came to say, don't, Katie interrupted. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, she quoted. It didn't mean anything. Yes, it did. It meant manipulation, betrayal, and an incredible arrogance. The two of you knew what was best. It was hard to see you with David. No. I knew you were watching us this morning when he put his arm around my shoulders. I purposely pulled away. I know how much it hurts to watch that small movement from the guy you're in love with touching your best friend. I'm still careful to make sure you have as little pain as possible. While you knew we were coming and set us up. You knew it was a setup? When we were leaving, Jack Price told us he was going to call his son. He was going to let him know we were on our way, Katie explained. You heard us coming down the stairs so we could catch you. She looked at Candy for the first time. Total manipulation. If you know, then why are you mad? Because you don't set up the people you love to feel pain like that. You don't tear them down to a point where they start questioning their self-worth. You do not manipulate them to act how you want them to act. If you love them, you accept them as they are, not how you want them to be. Candy was crying in earnest, shaking her head. Katie got up. Even when I'm mad at you, I'm still careful to make sure you feel as little pain as possible. While you and Jared go for the jugular, no thought to the person's feelings on the other side of the table. It's not what we were thinking. We thought you and David needed to be able to work together without the distraction of us. You decided. The two of you decided. Without David and I in any of the decision making. We were sacrificing ourselves for you. We didn't need you to sacrifice yourselves for us, Candy. We needed you to love us unconditionally. Stand by us and be there when we need you. Do you have any idea how many times I automatically turn to Jackson for advice? I value his opinion. I completely trust his judgment. Now... I am making decisions without the input I have had in my head 
since the moment I turned into a wolf. The tears streaming down her face. I always knew, no matter what, I could rely on Jackson. He would always be there when I needed him the most. That was the time he chose to leave me. She turned and started walking away, turning back around. I had no choice. His decision to leave. His decision to physically push me away from him. His decision to manipulate me. To keep me away. His cold-blooded decision to hurt me. She teleported herself away from a crying candy. Katie desperately wanted to go to her waterfall. Knowing it was too dangerous, she went back to the dark cave. Looking around her, she projected her waterfall, just how she remembered it, sitting down by the fake water. She stared into the shallow pool. It wasn't the same as the real thing. She held herself tightly, trying to hold the hurt inside of her. There was a part of her which felt like if she let it all loose, she would actually fall apart. She eventually lay down, reaching out with her mind. She called for a heavy blanket. Wrapping herself up in it, she closed her eyes and eventually fell asleep. She woke up the moment she felt his arms go around her. A part of her wanted to pull away from him and go somewhere else. Another part of her needed his arms around her, holding her tight. Need was greater than anger. She turned to face him in the darkness, reaching for him. He didn't say anything as he bent his head down and kissed her. She opened her mouth, rejoicing in his taste, his touch and the feel of his body against her fingertips. Her kisses turned into an urgency, her body responding to his touch. She couldn't get enough of him. She rolled over on top of him, sitting up, her legs straddled each side of his stomach. She reached down, pulling at his shirt. She tried to get rid of the thin fabric covering his body. Jared went still holding her hands. She automatically fought the tug of her hands, still trying to unbutton his shirt. No, Katie, it's not the right place or the right time. Jared said in a determined voice, when I make love to you, I want it to be special, not on a cold hard floor of a cave in the pitch dark. The sound of his voice triggered something inside her. She wrenched her hands away. Instead of caressing him, She doubled up her fists and punched him. Cussing under his breath, he tried to grab her hands. Struggling to keep her hands free, she started punching his chest, his face, and everything else she could reach. While he struggled to grab her hands and hold them, finally sitting up, he wrapped his arms around her, holding her tight. Her arms hung uselessly, pressed up against his chest. I'm sorry, Katie. I'm sorry. You were right. I automatically thought you would forgive Candy like you did before. I didn't realize how much I would hurt you. I did make the decisions concerning us without including you. I violated your trust, and I'm truly sorry. Katie closed her eyes as the dam inside her broke. His hold became gentle. 
when she no longer tried to fight him. Eventually, he laid her down on the blanket, making sure he held her the whole time. She cried herself to sleep. She opened her eyes at the gentle prodding to her body. Immediately rising up, she glanced around in the pitch darkness for a moment, wondering where she was. Calling for light, the darkness was banished. She blinked a couple of times to register Jared was talking to her. What? We've got a couple of hours before sunset, Jared said softly. You need to get to the compound and start getting ready. Do you know how to teleport? He nodded. I'll follow right behind you. Katie walked into the mess hall. As usual, everyone in the room immediately stood at attention. She walked up and got her food. Looking around the room, she saw Jack Price sitting at a table watching her. Walking in his direction, she sat down beside him. He didn't take his eyes off her face. Hello, Jack. You look like hell. She rolled her eyes. I'm about ready to go into a serious fight, not a beauty contest. Have you been getting enough sleep? I've slept all day. Your eyes are all puffy, like you've been crying. Katie pushed the tray away from her. Jack pushed the tray back. You're too thin. When was the last time you've eaten anything? Katie had to think a moment. She realized she actually had not eaten anything the whole day. Reaching out for a piece of chicken, she forced herself to eat. Jared put his tray down beside hers, sitting down next to her. Hello, Dad. Jack swiveled his head back and forth. Neither one of you look like you're ready to fight anything. Jared pushed the tray away from him in agitation. Jack reached over and pushed it back. Now is not the time for personal crap to get in the way. Both of you have been preparing for this fight for months. When it comes to the day of the fight, you're too caught up in your personal problems. It's going to get both of you killed. He glared at the two of them. You clear your heads right now. Get it out. The two of you get your butts out there and win this thing. Katie raised her eyebrows, her lips turning into a slight grin. Okay, boss man. Jackson gave his dad a slight grin. What are you doing here anyway? I brought a large cage to hold a sleeping wolf, Jack answered gruffly, and to see my son before he goes off to fight. Katie gasped. I haven't seen my mom in several days. Don't worry about your mom. She understands, Jack said. By the way, are you aware her and the butler? Katie grinned. Yeah, I walked in on them several weeks ago. She shook her head. I have never seen my mom with a man before. It was really weird. Jack gave her a confused look. Your mom is very beautiful. I've seen guys hit on her all the time. She's always turned them down flat. I know she loved my dad. Jack leaned his elbows on the table. What happened to your dad, Katie? Nothing. He just really screwed up and she sent him packing. I tried for several years to get the story. Old Elizabeth Hawk was the one who finally told me. She looked at Jared, who was watching her with interest, then back at his father. Apparently, they were really happy for a while. He started thinking he was missing out on something and didn't like his life. He started drinking and one day left me home alone while he went to get more alcohol. He got a DWI and I was left home for several hours. When my mom found out, she rushed home. 
and moved in with old Elizabeth Hawk. He tried apologizing, but my mom wouldn't have anything to do with him. She felt her face get red at the intensity Jack and Jared were staring at her. Old Elizabeth Hawk said, She never saw anyone so much in love as my mom. It takes a strong person to walk away like that, Jack said. Katie nodded. My mom has worked really hard to make something for us. Don't you worry about her, Jack said gruffly. I'll make sure she's taken care of and safe. Katie frowned. Are you aware of what happened this morning? Jack nodded. Six different people told me the story. Steve Jones has connected you to me. Do you think your place is safe enough? Jack chuckled and patted her hand. Steve Jones is small change. I have always been able to handle him. Katie frowned. Don't take him for granted. I made him very angry. Jack chuckled. I know you did, Katie. And to tell you the truth, I wish I was a fly on the wall and had seen his face. You need to understand one thing. Katie raised her eyebrows, waiting patiently for Jack to continue. I'm the big dog. Katie couldn't help it. She cracked up laughing. Well, as long as we have that straight. David laid his tray down on the other side of Katie, his face in a huge scowl. What's wrong with you? Katie asked. Candy, was all he said before he attacked a harmless roast beef. Candy quietly put her tray on the other side of David, sitting down, keeping her eyes downcast. Her eyes were all puffy, like she had been crying. Jack raised his eyebrows. Do I have to tell you two the same talk I just gave them? David and Candy looked up, their expressions closed. Get this personal crap out of your heads. I want to see all four of you alive after this thing is over. So do what you have to do to clear your head and let's win this thing. David gave him a slight grin. We know who the boss is around here. Jack gave Katie a glance, who immediately grinned. Yeah, we're a lot alike. Katie followed David out of the compound, slowly trotting towards the waterfall. They knew they were being continuously watched and monitored by seekers and pure hearts along the way. Entering the woods, they broke out into a run. Her senses on alert, she was continuously listening for any sounds that might elicit an attack. When she first heard something, she wondered what it could be. Realizing it was a man yelling for help, she stopped to listen more intently. Hearing the cry again, she streaked in that direction. She could hear calls from pure hearts in her mind, asking her where she was going. Ignoring them, she raced to the sound. Jumping over a fallen tree, she saw a malice closing in on what looked like a hunter. Immediately attacking it, she fought it for several minutes before it finally lay dead. Slowly turning towards the hunter, a loud bang erupted the night. Katie felt the sting of a bullet hitting her ribs. Furious, she rounded on the hunter, who was jamming the lever on the side of his rifle to reload another bullet. She immediately recognized the hunter as Sheriff Tate. Knowing the malice behind her was probably already changing into human form, she only had one option she could think of. Changing into human form, she grabbed the rifle. That hurt! She lifted up her shirt to see if there was a bruise. 
Looking back at him, he could only stare. His eyes were the size of saucers. What are you doing out here in the woods, Sheriff? She looked around, hearing rustlings in the woods. It's too dangerous for you to be here. She walked around the area, grabbing his things and throwing them at him. In three days before the full moon, you're out here obviously trying to get eaten. The sheriff never said a word, continuing to stare at her. He gave the naked body on the ground a quick glance before his eyes darted back to her. Katie put her fists on her hips. Are there any more of you out here? He shook his head. Are you sure? Because we need to get them out of here right now or they will be dead within the hour. So I'm asking you again. Are there any more of you out here? Five rangers, the sheriff croaked. Katie nodded. I need someone to get these humans out of the woods now, she said with her thoughts. Three seekers stepped out of the bushes, giving her a quick salute. She turned to them. The gig is pretty much up with the sheriff, but try to get the rangers out without showing anything. The white tiger walked out of the bushes, standing beside Katie. The sheriff eyed the huge tiger, fear etching his features. You don't have to be afraid, sheriff. We are trying to stop the killings, but in the next three days there's going to be a huge battle. If we lose, the entire town will be at risk. I would advise you to get your family out. The sheriff's eyes, never getting any smaller. Lexus is our home, sheriff. Our fight to save our castle is here, and we will defend it with our lives. You can count on that. Giving the seekers a nod, she changed back into a wolf form, running back into the woods. I laid careful plans, Zap said with his thoughts. I stressed to everyone the importance of everyone being where they're supposed to be at a certain time. And you have to screw it up from the very beginning and dart to who knows where. Everyone followed me just fine. No, Zack erupted. You did this supersonic thing and was out of here so fast, all everyone else could do was follow a scent. Supersonic? You heard me. If I didn't have my eyes on you, I would have missed you as you disappeared in some kind of blur in the wrong direction. And it was where we had no support or backup. Katie winced over the volume in her head. Did anyone catch a scent that said the other side knew we had other people with us? No. No thanks to you. Hey, we are here to protect the innocent. That innocent person you just saved is determined to put you in jail for a very long time. He now knows you change into a wolf. His life is worth something. We cannot forget why we're out here doing this thing in the first place. To protect those who can't protect themselves. Zack gave a harump, but refused to say anything more. Katie looked down into the clear blue pool in front of her. She had wanted to come here all day. The melodic sound of water cascading down did not have the calming effect it usually did to her system. She was jumpy, resisting the urge to glance around in the woods or turn into animal form and sniff the air. David wrapped his arms around her, snuggling close, playing the part of an attentive lover. She leaned into him, resting her back against his chest. You know what I think? David said with his thoughts. Katie didn't say anything, just waited for him to continue. David squeezed her tightly. I think 
if this whole changing into were-animals never happened, and the two of us never met those other two, we would have been completely happy with each other. She nodded, eventually relaxing against him, liking the feel of his arms around her. We may decide to leave all the drama and still be with each other after all this is over with, he said with his thoughts. The compound is completely empty, Justin announced to everyone with his thoughts. There is no activity whatsoever around the premises, indicating an imminent attack. That's good. Just stay close and project the watchers like I told you to do, Zack instructed. I didn't know the compound was going to be completely emptied out, Katie said with her thoughts. I guess we're on a need-to-know basis, David chuckled. It makes sense, though. There's nowhere else to attack but us here in this small valley, all alone and unprotected. What if they don't show? David shook his head. No way. I never saw any two individuals in my life who were filled with so much hate. They are going to attack all right. There are two humans and a cheetah approaching the top of the waterfall, someone reported with their thoughts. They must have hiked most of the day to get here. I told you they were angry. They want to witness our deaths for themselves. Pretty bloodthirsty, if you ask me. Katie shook her head. We already knew that. Still, to want to witness it, it's still hard for me to grasp. Lizzie up there, wanting to watch our demise. She's stuck. I'm sure there was a point she could have pulled back and changed course, but she still plunged ahead. I'm not sure what I did to make her hate me so much. Maybe before this is all over and done with, you can ask her. She's only a small transport away. Katie nodded. I wonder if Candy has thought about asking her mom. David automatically tightened his arms. She has never said anything, but it must have been completely mortifying to realize your mother is not only evil, but caught in such a compromising position. Everyone was having such a good time laughing and talking about it. Katie immediately felt bad for her actions earlier in the day. I guess it doesn't help when I slammed into her earlier. I did too. She has to learn. She can't manipulate people. She was only following Jared's lead. She knew it was wrong. She knew it was going to cause people she cared about pain. Yet she followed orders anyway. She has to be accountable for her actions. She needed to tell Jackson to go to hell. The humans are getting comfortable and pulling out binoculars. The unknown person announced with his thoughts. The cheetah is staying back. It looks like she doesn't want to watch. That's a little comforting. That came from the direction of the compound. It seemed a half a mile away. Katie broke away from David and looked in that direction. That was a little to the east. That was southeast of their present position. If we wanted to go to the compound, we would be completely blocked, David said softly. Katie changed into animal form, sniffing the air. There were no wolves behind them in the valley they would retreat to. That was much closer. David turned into animal form. Let's start heading into the valley. Trotting slowly at first, they headed away from the waterfall. The humans are getting up and running along the ridge of the cliffs, 
the unknown person announced. A wolf just came to the waterfall area and has stopped. Another unknown person announced. Katie and David bounded further down into the valley. They stopped and looked back. It appears as if the wolves are waiting for the humans to get into place before they continue their attack, someone announced. I wonder how they are communicating. It looks like the humans have found a spot that overlooks the whole valley, came another announcement. There are four wolves near the waterfall. They are now in pursuit. I feel like I'm listening to a game on the radio. David muttered with his thoughts as he jumped down a couple of rocks. Katie entered the boxed valley first and turned, waiting for David. I think this is where we are supposed to make our first stand. Ten wolves are now in hot pursuit. Katie and David turned to face the wolves. A space of 50 feet between them and the ascending rocks to the waterfall. Despite all their careful laid plans, the hairs on the back of her neck raised in reaction to the sound. David and Katie, back up about a hundred yards, Zach instructed. Immediately they turned and ran, keeping conscious of the noises behind them. Turning back around, they faced the wolves. With little sound, Katie became aware of large cats walking up and standing beside them. You must go to the back of the line now, great tiger and wolf, the cat next to her said. Katie and David shook their heads. We're not going anywhere. Katie and David, why are you not getting away from the front line? We're not going anywhere, they both told him. I don't have time to argue with you, so I'm going to just tell you. When the fighting starts, you need to project two of yourselves out front. So when you attack the wolves, your projections will knock into them first. By the time you reach them, they should already be on the ground. That's pretty smart, Katie said in surprise. She could hear Zach chuckling. The wolves have halted. Katie reared up a little and looked around. As far as she could tell, there were about 30 pure hearts standing next to her and David. She didn't recognize any of them. Zach, I don't know these pure hearts, Katie said in private. They're all newborns, Zach announced to her. Katie couldn't help rolling her eyes. Are you kidding me? They've had about a month's worth of training. I've watched them fight. They're all pretty good. Zack said his thoughts, trying to convey confidence. What about the pure hearts that arrived two weeks ago on the new moon? Are they ready to fight any battle? None arrived, Katie. We got overloaded, with 96 on the full moon, and none two weeks later on the new moon. David called in Chicago. Were we too far away? No. The pure hearts and seekers said they heard you loud and clear. Nobody showed up. She paused, thinking over the significance of what he just said. Very good, Zach. I trust your judgment. She faced the waterfall. The sun was beginning to set behind the mountains. They only had a few minutes till it would be completely dark. You're not going to believe this, but the humans are putting on night goggles, the person on top announced. We should call them Boy Scouts for coming prepared, Katie said with her thoughts. It's hard to count, but it looks like about 35 to 40 wolves are now at the waterfall. They are now proceeding forward. Wait till they start to charge, for projecting and beginning your charge. Katie could see the wolves clearly in the darkness 
as they scrambled down the rocks. Showing their intelligence, they waited till everyone was down before charging. All right, David said. Let's roll. Katie started running forward, projecting two of herself in front of her. She made the two projections mirror her movements. She could see the two white tigers in front of her, as well as the two leopards from the person beside her. It didn't take long, and their numbers looked like they tripled in size. The moment the projections hit the wolves, they went flying with the force. Everyone kept the projections going as they attacked. The wolves, not knowing what was real, didn't have a chance as they were completely wiped out. Katie stopped and looked around. She only had the opportunity to kill one wolf. Looking around, she closed down the projection. Did any get away? Her thoughts rang out. No, Zack said, chuckling. That started and ended so quickly, I'm a bit surprised by the results. Katie turned into human form. Is anyone hurt? She yelled out to the crowd of pure hearts milling around the wolves. Remember, if you are bitten, you need help immediately. Nobody replied. Katie turned into animal form and walked around the carcasses. The only animals laying on the ground were wolves, and nobody seemed to be hurt. Wow, she said with her thoughts. I don't think anyone even got bitten. Serious temper tantrum from the human woman. She's yelling at the cheetah. I won't repeat the words, the unknown announcer said. Sure, go ahead and blame everyone else but yourself. The compound is being attacked by so many malas, I cannot count them. Justin declared loudly with his thoughts. The attack was so sudden, if we had any real watches out there, they would have been toast. David and Katie, fall back about 200 yards from your original position, Zach instructed. Pretend you're preparing camp. Start gathering up wood and building fires. Don't actually light any fires. You probably have about 30 minutes till the next wave hits. Katie sat down, watching the pure hearts appear to set up camp. David came over and sat next to her. The attack seemed too easy. They only thought two of us were out here. They sent 10 wolves and about 30 as backup. Those malice will be here, and I can guarantee you they're going to do some damage. A large black panther and snow leopard walked towards them. As they reached the two, they split. The snow leopard going to David's side, and the black panther going to Katie's other side. David acknowledged them both with a nod. I still expected the wolves to give more of a fight. He included them in on their conversation. Katie thought about it. Maybe they're weak. What do you mean? Candy asked quietly with her thoughts. I thought I was told. They used to only change into wolf form on the full moon, but somebody mixed pure heart blood with theirs, so now they can change whenever they want. They are still strongest on the full moon. Katie paused, trying to collect her thoughts. What if they are strongest on the full moon and gradually get weaker? Just before the next full moon, they are at their weakest point. That would explain the large numbers sent out, Jared said. Forty-five wolves ordered in the immediate area to kill two pure hearts. It was like they expected large casualties from the wolves. The compound is now empty of malice. They are in pursuit, headed in your direction, Justin said. Several of us tried to count. 
there are more than a hundred and fifty. A lot more. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.